have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me fill you in on a few things. Like first and foremost, it's free. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Then Anchor is going to distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on multiple platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. Even better, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And it's so easy, even somebody like me can do it. Now download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I know you hear me. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Do you have a character in mind that you want to see brought to life? Do you need a custom costume? Do you need simple accessories? Then let me recommend Nick Slatter Emporium. Ooh, I love that name. They have multiple years of design experience and can bring your spookiest designs to life no matter how intricate, how simple, or how terrifying. <laughs> Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok and get connected to make your spooky dreams a haunting reality. <laughs> you are listening to Tales. From the haunt with just Jeff and Flynn Hendricks. <laughs> time to get spooky up in the <clears throat> Jeff who'd you bring in the studio this week uh it wasn't me are you sure yeah did he sneak in the back door I get well he's gone now anyway I'm glad you're actually here by a microphone this week welcome back everybody to another spooky episode of tales from the haunt this is going to be a fun one this week and we are excited to bring it to you I don't know what Jeff had going on over there just a minute ago but Hopefully that guy's gone and not coming back, but anyway, we're going to jump into this week's episode here in just a moment. We've got a fun guest on the line, and she has a lot of amazing stories to tell, and if you also listen to the I Know You Hear Me podcast, Cheap Plug, you'll know exactly who this chick is, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when I drop her name here momentarily. But before we go any further, I do want to take a minute to remind everybody that this podcast is in no way, shape, or form affiliated with any haunts or attractions throughout the country, and it is in no way, shape, or form meant to slander or speak ill of any performers and or attractions throughout the country. However, please keep in mind that any, any opinions, anything like that that is expressed on this show is solely the opinion of the person speaking up and not of this podcast. But, however, any attractions that may want to sponsor this podcast, please feel free to contact us via the email in the show notes. And now, we're going to take a quick pause for a word from the Gimme Back My Podcast Network. Welcome to the Monster Movie Stomp Down, where twice a month we review monster movies from all corners of the planet. Join me, Sludge, 
and I was went to watch it the other night, and she's like, "Why are you watching this? You can quote this movie line for line. Like, that's very accurate." My co-host Mark, don't ask me to do a stomp down on this because it's zero. <laughs> okay, dude. Ruben, what's your stomp down rate? And our brother from Texas, Ruben. It, it's just, I'm like, wait a minute. They tricked me into watching this. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what I felt like. like. As we give you the history, our review, and the stomp down rating of some of the best and worst monster movies around. Available through the Podbean app, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Amazon. Make sure and check us out on Facebook and Instagram. And we're back. Jeff, you got anything before we hop into our interview with our guest today? Uh, don't think so. I think I'm just going to sit back here and say nothing all day. Nice. You are making this easy for me. Well, there she is. I thought she pulled a vanishing actor, had an invisibility cloak. But anyway, guys, this is one that's been long overdue. We teased it on the I Know You Hear Me podcast. little backstory again. First time, my first night at the dress rehearsal for uh, for the attraction that we work at, we were staring at each other across the parking lot, trying to figure out where we knew each other from. Then come to find out, she was the one that was always checking out uh, all of my irrational purchases at the Disney store, giving my son all the coloring sheets, and feeding my collectibles addiction. And she became one of my friends throughout the season, and I'm glad to have her on this podcast as well. Ladies and gentlemen, if you listen to I Know You Hear Me, one more cheap plug. You're going to know that I'm talking about Anna Christina, also known as AC, but we now have her on Tales from the Haunt. AC, thank you for being on here tonight. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. You are more than welcome. And like I said, this one's been a long time coming, so I'm very excited that we're actually getting to do this tonight. Oh, me too. Yes. Very excited. Yes. <laughs> All right. So let's, man, let's just go ahead and dive right into the deep end. Tell us where all the spooky fascination started with you like is it something you developed as a child is it something you stumbled into what what opened that door for you you know i've always loved spooky things i've always been as you mentioned a big disney fan mm-hmm. and haunted mansion was always my favorite there nice i grew up with scary movies and uh you know i loved haunted houses there weren't many where i grew up because i'm from such a small town mm-hmm But here's a fun little story. When I was in middle school, I had a Halloween party and my parents went all out. We decorated the whole house. Nice. And uh, my my dad built a haunted house maze in our garage. And, you know, we did that thing with like the bowl of spaghetti and they tell you it's brains and the peeled grapes and they tell you it's eyeballs. These are your eyeballs. Yeah. You know, and like, so my mom did this whole thing and we got all the way to the end. My dad had hung up all these sheets and stuff. And you get all the way to the end of the maze and he hung up a sheet and he was behind it with a light. And he had made like a cutout of a person out of wood and like sawed it open and pulled out the brain. And then he was like this mad scientist and oh, ran after awesome. us. He was like, I need more brains. So me and all my other, you know, 11, 12 year old friends are screaming and running through my own house. And it was just such a moment for me where I was like, this is fun. This is such a cool way to get kind of that energy and, you know, those endorphins and absolutely good times. (laughs) And, And probably not your intention by any means, but that literally just gave me the image of Hank Hill and his garage making the haunted house when it got canceled from the school. So like that, <laughs> that that's just what I'm picturing right now. But again, like th- just the that's thought a very of- fair. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I feel justified Love now. Hill. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But that, I mean, that's awesome that your parents were that into it as well, because like, 
I know when I was growing up, I'd see like different little random neighborhoods that would do stuff like that, but you don't see that anymore. So I love hearing stories about that. Yeah, yeah. I think that was definitely a key moment for me that was like, oh, spooky things are super fun. But like I said, I really grew up with it in general. Definitely. Now, where did it go from there? Once you have that Halloween experience, you know, your parents get on board, they convert the garage into a haunted house, your friends get scared with you. Where does it go from there? Does it just jump into the movies? Do you find ways to get involved with other haunted houses at a younger age, like some of our previous guests? How does that work? Um, I mean, I was never involved with haunted houses at a young age. Just like I said, I'm from a small town, so mm-hmm. we didn't really have those opportunities. But I was definitely always really into, you know, scary movies and my friends and I would do little art projects and photo shoots. And I was always kind of leaning toward the creepy vibes. Um, and I also, you know, lean very much toward the Disney princess vibes. Yeah. So, you know, definitely a dichotomy there. But when I was in college, I went to school at UCLA. So nice. I had the opportunity to go to horror nights and not so scary farm and that kind of stuff. And that was a moment for me where I was like, oh, I could do this as a job. That would be super fun. And so when I moved to Nashville the following year, I realized, hey, this haunted house is hiring. Why not? I might as well try it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just out of curiosity too, like you you make that big move uh, all the way out to Nashville and then you still have the idea to look at getting a job at a haunted house. Did you find that doing that kind of helped the adjustment phase of moving to this new city and getting acclimated? Or was that just something that just kind of happened to randomly fall into place as everything else was going on around you? Um, It kind of just fell into place. I So I used to work at Disneyland mm-hmm. out in California. And when I moved to Nashville, it was really easy to just sort of transfer over to the store yeah. where I worked for many years. And so that really helped root me in, okay, I have at least a job. I'm getting to meet people. I'm getting familiar with my new surroundings. And then having the haunted house, which is kind of an extra thing where I was like, I'm still looking for a career, but at least I'm finding little ways to make a little money, but mostly have fun and keep my schedule full and, uh, you know, meet new people. Absolutely. Start new things. Cool. So what was it like? Uh, finding the haunted house that you started working at like what was that like like what drew you to that one in particular (laughs) I literally just saw an ad on Facebook and just I was like sure why not and applied (laughs) and um, I mentioned on your other podcast that that house wasn't very good Um, I'm not gonna name names but it it was still a fun experience but it's definitely not the production level of the house that we are now currently at right um So, you know, I still had a fun time, but I remember reading the reviews in the Nashville scene and seeing that, you know, this house is the number one. So I said, all right, that's where I'm going next year. And so I've been at Nightmare since 2016. I love it. I love it. And yeah, I think I know the house you were referencing because that is back way before I was ever involved in this world. And that's one that I went to a couple years in a row. And I mean, it was fun, but... Like you said, production level is nothing like where we were at now or where we're at now. But Definitely. as you as you make a transition from a house like that to where we're at now, and like you said, it's ranked number one, you know, by the local newspaper and then by multiple other places throughout the country as well. What's it like transitioning from that group of actors to the ones that we're currently working with now? Do you feel like you have to up your game? Did you feel like you just fit right in? What was that whole period like? 
It's a good question. Um, I felt like at my first house, it wasn't really actors. It was a lot of, you know, kids that were just having fun. Yeah, just uh, a lot to of do. kids who didn't really care, who weren't taking it too seriously, and that was fine. Um, but I definitely felt when I showed up at Nightmare, oh, there are people here who do take this seriously mm -hmm. and who have crafted these characters and the management itself takes this very seriously. And it just felt like such a professional production that it definitely, I didn't feel like I didn't fit in, um, but I definitely felt like, oh, okay, this is for real. This is people who take it seriously. And I love it. I love being surrounded by that kind of ambition. Absolutely. I mean, something like that, especially whether it's, it doesn't matter like what form of entertainment, work, whatever you're doing in life, if you see that you're surrounded by people that are striving for better, like being better or for perfection, whatever it may be, you don't want to be the proverbial weak link in the chain there. You want to be on the same level as them. And that, that feeling is contagious too. So I get that. And well, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it is, um, I don't want to like scare anyone away from trying to get involved. Yeah. Um, I think that there's so many different levels of, of course. what you can do at a haunted house. Uh, first of all, staff and management, mm -hmm. those are so important. Security, oh, yeah. so important. Um, but also, you know, if you're the type of person who isn't an actor, who doesn't want to do character work and all that kind of stuff, we can still use you at the haunted house. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. it is so important. You know, we need people who are able and willing to hit their speaker, get a great jump scare, reset and do it again. Yep. And you don't need acting skills for that. You really just need high energy and timing. And timing is something you'll learn on the job. Absolutely. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there so that people know you can get as much as you want and put in as much as you want acting wise and still be such an essential part of the entire haunted house experience. Absolutely. That's very true. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like there are people I know now that are at still working at the attraction that we're at that have moved on to, you know, like leadership roles and different things like that, that did not have any acting experience and, they absolutely would go out and crush it every time they were performing because I remember seeing them when I was just somebody that would pay to come to the haunt. So, you know, it's it's a lot of stuff, like you said, it's on-the-job development, on-the-job training. You learn it as you go, and you could come in not even knowing, you know, like your elbow from your knee, but you can learn. And if you can just have that high energy and have a willingness to learn, you'll fit right in more than anything else. And there are people that are willing to help you too. Absolutely. That's one thing that I really love about where we are is there are people that are so talented and so dedicated. And then there's people who, you know, they just want to try it out and then they get hooked yeah. and yeah. they start yeah. developing their idea of their own character as well. And that's so fun to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jeffro, you look like you got something on your mind over here. Anything <laughs> you want to ask? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I just want to say that you're, you're hitting a lot of good high points there. Um, especially Absolutely. With the, the fact that there are so many different things in, in a haunt that's not just scare acting related. Um, I know people that have came into the haunt and um, attempted the scare acting side of things and it wasn't for them. And they went outside, they're working, you know, as, um, as a event staff outside and they absolutely love what they're doing. They love the interaction with everybody. Yeah. Um, and to me, event staff, a good event staff worker, you know, hypes up the, the crowd before they go in. They're just as essential as a queue line actor. So, absolutely. And they're just as much, they're just as much part of the family oh, as yeah, well. Absolutely. And it's like without, 
without the people on the outside, it would be complete chaos before people got inside. But without the people on the inside, the people on the outside would just be standing there. And something you actually said, another cheap plug to go back and listen to your episode on my podcast. Link will be in the show notes again. You actually said something, especially referencing Q-Line, because that's what we were doing a lot of uh, in the 2021 season. Um, the Q-Line is kind of like the sizzle, but, you know, the actors on the inside are the actual stake. And without them, we have nothing. Same thing goes for the event staff as well. If you don't have a solid event staff and a solid crew on the inside... Everything just kind of falls apart. And, you know, the job is the Q-Line actors on the outside is to get you hyped up and get you ready to go inside and, you know, tease along and joke along with the event staff taking the tickets, making it a fun experience. But it's literally a team effort to make it everything come full circle to give the paying, uh, you know, the paying audience their, their money's worth where they want to come back and go through these six attractions again. Like, it's all a team effort and... There's literally something for everybody, whether you want to be an actor, event staff, whatever it is, there's something for you at an attraction. You just have to be willing to go in with that why not attitude. Yep. Absolutely. So when you get over there, um, and I know, again, man, I keep referencing this because it just dropped last week as we're recording, but I know you have a lot of acting and performing experience as well. How much of that did you have um, outside of Disney before you uh, started working at the first attraction in Nashville? Oh gosh, I've been acting all my life. I've, I'm a lifelong theater kid, capital T, capital K. <laughs> um, so yeah, I grew up doing a lot of performance and some improv and that kind of thing. And then, um, yeah, I started getting into haunted house stuff. And then mm -hmm. I started working at the Renaissance Festival and um, princess parties, murder mystery dinner theaters. Um, as we talked about on your other pod, I'm also a mermaid professionally. Yep. So I definitely love, love acting. And I personally love that character building and that really trying to yes. become that person or non-person, depending. Um, and like I said, that's not how everyone has to do it, but I personally really love that. And I think in order to be Q-line or outside, you do have to really have yes. that passion and those skill sets. Very true. And um, so that's definitely something that helped me, I think, get out there Absolutely. as opposed to anywhere else in the house. Absolutely. And before I sing your praises, I just want you guys to not gloss over the fact that she mentioned mermaiding because she's actually sitting with us right now in a in a water tank. So she has no <laughs> legs. She's got her tail on. That's the kind of quality uh, guest that we bring you guys here. But back to the serious part of this, uh, something you just said right there character development that is one of the first things like as we got to know each other this past season that stuck out to me is because you mentioned how you like to have a backstory for the characters that you portray and that spoke volumes to me about your dedication to what you're doing in the craft itself what uh what is it like for you developing backstories for some of these characters when you may not be in that same character the next night or, you know, the next week even, because, you know, sometimes the haunted attractions are plug and play. You go where you're needed as a utility player. What's that like for you, especially when it may not be a long-term character? Definitely. Um, I think that I am in a really unique position because, like you said, I am very flexible and very versatile, and I try to be there for whatever they need mm -hmm. every night. Whereas a lot of our Q-line icons do the same character yes. event after event, season after season, year after year. And I love that because they really get this unique opportunity to 
dive deep into that character, mm-hmm. build on it. And then because they keep bringing those characters back every time, they have this really cool opportunity to build this really unique relationship yeah. with our guests, with the other actors, with the haunt itself. Mm-hmm. So you'll see a lot of guests come in and say, oh, where's Yuck Yuck? Where's Morlag? Where's so-and-so? Because I see them every year. Yeah. I have so many pictures of them. And it's really cool that they have that unique relationship. Absolutely. Me, uh, I, like I said, because I try to be very flexible, I've occasionally reprised characters from the past, but generally I do get the opportunity to create entirely new characters mm-hmm. very often. More frequently, I would say, than most haunt actors. And I love that because I love that challenge. Yeah. So um, to answer your question, for me, I show up every night, check in and go to the costume window just like everyone else. And I say, where do you need me? What do you need tonight? And usually that comes down to Zoe, our Q-line actor manager, saying, well, you know, we've already got a clown over here and we've got a pirate up there. We need somebody in this area. This type of character would fit there. Go see what you can find in the costume closet. Nice. And, you know, I often grab a costume, get some makeup, and then I start saying, okay, who is this character? And um, for me, that kind of looks like, I have a few archetypes Mm-hmm. of kind of like bases that I start from. So I ask myself, does this character want to be kind of goofy and almost friendly? Or does she want to be more powerful and elegant and graceful? Right. And then um, I have a few little tricks. Like I, you know, have this big maniacal laugh and that really gets me into the character. And I'll ask myself, okay, where is that, for lack of a better word, insanity coming yeah. from? Because I... I think a lot of people in the haunt world rely too much on crazy quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And I would caution against that. (laughs) Like if your entire character is just, you know, I am a murderer and I'm crazy. First of all, you don't want to, you know, be inappropriate or insensitive to actual, you know, disorders and things that exist in the world. Absolutely. Second of all, that's not enough because crazy people don't know they're crazy. And if that's the only thing you know about your character, you will never get into their actual head. Yes. So for me, I'll start laughing and laughing and then I'll ask myself, am I laughing because the voice that's in my head is telling me something that's so like crazy and wild to me that I'm like stuck in here? Or is it because I'm so excited to, you know, hunt new prey or to find a new victim that that's what's riling me up and that's what's making me so frantic and you know laughing to myself and so it's really about playing from the inside out rather than trying to figure out what the outside will be absolutely if that makes any sense it, it makes a lot of <laughs> sense and just to kind of like put it in like some terms too that like if you watch a movie for example uh like let's just use the joker from batman or you could really use any villain at that point they think they're doing good. They think they're the hero, but to the outside world, they're the villain. You have to get in their head and understand why they're doing that. You, They have a reason. They think they're the hero. They think they're saving the world, and they think what they're doing is justified, and that makes them right. And there's always that little bit of authenticity or that little bit of truth 
that people don't want to accept, but they know is true. And then same level, you know, like if you're developing a character that may be insane or that has an adrenaline rush from hunting new prey, there has to be that little bit of authenticity or excitement that comes from an AC or comes from a Jeff that makes it believable. Because if you go to that one thing, and let's just say that one thing is you are insane, that's going to wear off probably within the first 30 minutes to an hour if it makes it that long because once you've done that one thing, where do you go from there? Like, what's the next layer? And I know you're going to love this reference, Jeff. Where's the next layer of the onion that you peel back to get to the center of who that character is? Like, I know you mentioned one, you had a character that lost its kids or lost her kids. So, you know, like you you were looking for kids throughout the park, you know, like just trying to get the scare on the parents and the kids and making it an all-inclusive thing. But the backstory yeah. was you lost your kids. So like, there's just, yes. there's a reason behind everything that makes sense to that character. And if you bring an authenticity from yourself in it too, it makes it all come together in this full believable picture that gives the paying audience a very unique experience that they won't get anywhere else. Absolutely. And I think that that's at the core of, really not playing a character yes. but momentarily becoming that character thank you thank you and when when you do that it's like you don't have to think about what would that person say or how would a werewolf react to that it just becomes almost instinct to be like yeah. oh obviously yeah. this is what i think this is how I, this is what i say <laughs> you know absolutely and it makes it easier in a way yeah it does um to to add on that a little bit character development even if it's a character that you just came up with for one night last the whole night you may think mm -hmm. of something within the last 30 minutes before the haunt closes on hey man i should i should have been doing this the whole night or let me try this you know on the last group that's leaving or whatever just see how it works so definitely and i think that haunt acting really is a unique place that lends itself mm -hmm. well to experimentation oh, yes it is. because it is. you don't have to have that same anxiety of mm -mm. oh what if i say something silly or like what if this doesn't land what if those guests judge me because they're only going to see you for a few seconds and yeah. you're covered in makeup or a mask like in the dark they <laughs> never have to know that that's who you are yep. if you don't want them to so it's really and plus you're gonna have a thousand you know people a night so if you try out a bit and it doesn't quite land, you can just be like, okay, <laughs> try again next time and try something different and, you know, really get to play around Absolutely. with who you want to be. Yep. It's always, it's always a learning experience and everything gives you an opportunity to learn what works, what doesn't work, what needs the tweaks or how you can approach it differently to get a better reaction. Like, and like you said, don't let one person that may not react the way you wanted them to react, discourage you from all that. So, I mean, it's a, it's a very, again, you have to have some thick skin, but you also have to be willing to be flexible and, you know, again, be like a duck and just let it roll off your back and go with the flow. Definitely. <laughs> what I, what I say? You said duck. What I <laughs> what I do with ducks? Ducks do lay eggs, Flynn. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. I did listen to that episode. I get that Thank joke. <laughs> <sighs> if you weren't in my house right now and I weren't so lazy, I would throw you out. <laughs> you're the backbone of this show, Jeff, so you're safe for now. But I swear to God, I swear to the haunt God. Um. Anyway, back back to, back to yeah, our regularly scheduled program here. Um, as you've as you become more of a veteran at the haunt now too, what's it like for you when you see new actors coming into the fold? Um. Are you, 
willing to go out of your way to approach them, make them feel welcome, offer advice if they need it. What's that like for you? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I please come to me. <laughs> please come talk to me. I'm really nice. I promise. I swear she I is. I don't like. <laughs> I don't like to go up to people yeah. and be like unsolicited advice. But I love, love, love when people come to me and say, hey, I'm playing with this character. What do you think of this? Or, hey, how would you play this role? And um, a friend of mine actually from Disney joined this season because she was, we were chatting one time about how much she loves haunted houses and blah, blah, blah. And she loves acting, blah, blah, blah. And I said, hey, come work at my haunted house. It's so much fun. And she ended up working every single night that season and our holiday event and our last Valentine's event. Is and it who I think it was? Probably. I think. Am I allowed to name names? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, go ahead and name names. Allie? Yep, yep, future guest on the <laughs> show. Future, future guest the on the show. <laughs> Yay! I oh, knew it. That's our new drinking game. It. That's it. Yeah, every time we say future <laughs> guest on the show or past guest, take a shot and or double shot at your own risk. We're not responsible. That's You're, you're grown adults, hopefully. Drink responsibly. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, Aunt so Allie is great and yeah, absolutely. she's great and she's just such a pro and I just love so much that she fully embraced the whole haunt family and yeah. the whole life of it. And uh, anyway, uh, just the reason I thought of her was because that's one example of she was given a very big speaking role at mm -hmm. our last event. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the night, she was at our um, dress rehearsal. She was like, you know, I'm really struggling with this. I don't know how I want to play this character. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. And I asked her, do you want to know how I would play it? And you don't have to use that, but just do you want to know what I personally would do in that scene with that role? Yeah. And she was like, yes, please tell me. And so I just kind of did my thing. And by the end of it, she was like, wait, say that again. Oh, hold on. Let me hear that again. And I think it really helped her. Go on. You know, yeah, like taking notes, taking mental notes. And I think it really um, shaped who her character ended up being. And I love that. I love to see yeah. her gain that confidence in, oh, okay, now I've got some new ideas and I've seen different versions of this. Let me make it my own now. Absolutely. You know, so I love that. Man, and that's, speaking of things we love, like that's another thing too. I'm realizing now that so many of these people, like, this was their first season, you know, 2021 season was their first season as well, but I thought these were people that had been here for years or had so much experience doing this. Like, I had no idea that, you know, like, they're right there in the, you know, coming in the shallow end and jumping right into the deep end from there, just like me. Like, that's awesome to know. Oh, yeah. There's some new people that are such pros. You'd think they'd been there for yeah. decades. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So with that, too, especially like you've told me about some of the ways you got interactive in your scenes or you made these characters unique. Um, what's it like for you being in the house and finding something different to do or something that may stick out a little bit more when you have a scene compared to when you're outside? What is it like for you to get in and see what you have to work with and kind of develop something based off that? Um, I think it's still a lot of the same process but then you have props which yeah. can be very fun oh, yeah. <laughs> and you have more places to jump out and hide mm -hmm. whereas when you're outside i mean sometimes you can kind of bob and weave through the crowd yeah and there have been times where i stand right in front of somebody 
and they like suddenly look up and realize that I'm right in their face and oh, they God. jump 20 feet in the air. <laughs> but for the most part, you don't really have, you know, corners you can hide behind or things like loud things you can make a noise with or things like that outside. So I think inside the house, that's kind of a fun new trick is saying, oh, well, I have this prop now or, okay, well, I have this place where I can jump out where people won't expect me. Um, but I think for me personally, the character development is still very similar. I still try to think to myself, who is this person or monster, <laughs> whatever, mm -hmm. you know, what, why are they, you know, trying to kill these people or eat them or whatever it may yeah, be. Absolutely. Um, and again, you know, that's not how everyone operates and that's not how everyone needs to operate. But for me, it definitely helps to come up with my own dialogue and come up with my own, you know, motives and yeah. things for myself. Absolutely. And just going back over your extensive career now, which you said 2016 is when you started, correct? So this will yes. be eight years this year. What yeah. is your top scare that you've done or maybe top two, let's say, if it's too hard to narrow down to one, what would you say is your top scare over this near decade of being a scare actor? Oh man, that, that is such an impossible question. Um, you know, I was thinking in preparation for this podcast, I was thinking to myself like, oh man, how many characters have I played? What types of characters have I played? And gosh, there have been so many, you know, I've been- Add the zero, a ghost, carry the three. A witch, a ghosty witch, a witchy ghost. I've been a creepy kid slash doll. I've been zombies and werewolves and vampires. I've been a mad scientist. I've been a clown. I've been a pirate. Pirate's always fun. Yes, I always yes, love being it a pirate. Um, I've been, you know, evil princesses. Um, I've been several characters outside. Mm -hmm. um, but one that stood out to me as I was just thinking back over my many years at National Nightmare was the first year that we had, it was called Cursed, the, that first year. It was kind of a fairy tale themed yeah. house. And we had a scene that was Hansel and Gretel. Yes. And I was hoping you would say yeah, that. And the whole thing was that, uh, you know, we were Hansel and Gretel and we were like making candy out of children. So we were eating people and it was, you know, spooky. And I was placed in that scene for the first time and last time, but um, on Halloween night. And I forget which day of the week it was, but it was, you know, Hell Week, where we had done Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, possibly. I don't even remember. So by the time I got to this scene, I had no voice yeah. at all. <laughs> I had thrown it out two nights before and kept going. And I'm usually pretty good at protecting my voice, but every now and then, you know, you hit one scream wrong or one growl wrong, and you're like, uh-oh, that didn't feel good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I got to Halloween night. I had no voice. And they put me in a scene that didn't have, you know, loud props or scare, speaker scare or anything like that that I could use to really jump out at people. And also this night, they hadn't painted my teeth. So, you know, I have, you know, these pretty pageant queen pearly whites over here. <laughs> so shiny. So um, shiny. So they look, they look silly when you're pretending that you're eating something because it's like, oh, your teeth are clean. Like, you're not eating something, you know? Yeah. So I had to get very creative and there was a, like a mannequin of this child that was cut open, you know, split open, gut spilling out, that kind of stuff. And I wiped it all down and took my snacks for the night 
I had some baby carrots and I had some chocolate chips and I chewed them up and then spit them back into the like body of this child, this like mannequin. I love where And so going. when people came into my scene, I was actually eating this yes. like red brown mush. It looked disgusting. Yes. And I would like laugh about it. It was like falling out of my mouth and like oh, it was so gross. <laughs> like, Folks, that's dedication. That is dedication. And, uh, <laughs> And it was so funny because, you know, you always get smart Alex in the haunted house. That's just part of the thing. And so every time that people would come through and be like, oh, haha, that looks tasty. Can I have a bite? I would just spit it out into my hand and offer it to them. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, gosh, no. what?" <laughs> and uh, so, I, so I did get a couple people. I know one guy, at least for sure, threw up in his mouth. Oh, like, you can challenge, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> That's that's that ABC squared food already been chewed twice. Oh man! <laughs> so yeah, I... it's a uh, it's funny. It is a badge of honor in the haunted house if you can get someone to pee their pants, if you can get someone to poop their pants, and or if you can get someone to vomit. And I I have done all three, but vomit's <laughs> a hard one. So I think uh, that might be one of my top scares, just because it's not every day you get someone going, oh, she's actually eating it. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, before I hide back or just crawl back into obscurity, because I have none of those badges of honor, um, I, I two questions popped up before I throw the question over to Jeff here. Um, one, what did baby carrots and chocolate chips taste like mixed together? I don't even, it, I was over it. I was so in character that to me that was child candy and I loved it. Can you help me, can you help me find a way to get into character so I enjoy broccoli like that? Can you teach me the ways? <laughs> Oof, if I knew, if I knew how to do it, I'd do it for celery. <laughs> and then my last question before I do throw it over to Jeffrey here is, um, you mentioned the key phrase there, Hell Week. And man, again, here's a new drinking game. Every time I reference my other podcast, take a shot, double shot, triple shot. You're a grown adult. You know your limits. Um, Can we start playing this game too? No, because then we'll get nothing done. Damn. But... Um, <laughs> You will start thinking dogs lay eggs then, though. But <laughs> you mentioned Hell Week, and something we did reference on my other podcast was, like, your insanely busy schedule, not only with school, but with work, with having to get, you know, like getting your master's degree and everything. How do you prioritize and manage something as crazy and busy as Hell Week? Because, you know, like, I know this past season I made a, a gag post about working almost 70 days straight between work and acting haunted house you know and it's like good god the finish line's coming up but i'm like dragging to get there you've got all this stuff going on on the outside how do you juggle all that and prioritize you know just to a, prioritize your mental health to not get burnt out or not get ran down how do you make that work well you know sadly and maybe this isn't the best example to set but i think for me it's been a lot about having to make sacrifices yep and you know, I love haunting so much, mm -hmm. but unfortunately these last couple seasons with my work schedule and with grad school, there have been times where I've had to yeah. take the night off and, you know, it kills me. But, you know, there have been nights where I am so jazzed to go get some scares. And then I'm like, I'm not going to get this paper done by the due date. I have to stay home and work. Yeah. And, you know, 
I wish I could be there more. And for those who do have the availability in their schedule, it is so important because having people there is what makes it function. And being short-staffed really hurts the whole haunt. And I wish that I could be there for the haunt as much as they need me and as much as I want to. But I think at the end of the day, you do have to prioritize and Absolutely. you have to recognize, you know, my career. Um, for anyone who didn't listen to the other podcast, I am an architectural designer. So I do have my you know, nine to five. And um, as you mentioned, I'm in grad school and that's obviously mm -hmm. very important to me as well. Oh, yeah. So, you know, when it comes to things like that, there are times where unfortunately I've had to say, hey, I've got a project for work and the client has a meeting first thing in the morning. I'm not going to make it to the hunt because I have to pull an all-nighter to get my job done. Yeah. Or I have to get schoolwork done. So fortunately, you know, everyone over at our haunt is very accommodating Absolutely. as long as you're open and transparent with them. And, mm -hmm. you know, as long as I've said, hey, heads up, my schedule is going to be rough this season. I'm going to do what I can. Or, hey, I'm only going to be able to do one night, maybe two nights a week. They've been very open about that. The issue is when people call out without any word yeah. and we're counting on them and suddenly we're short people in a scene because we have to rearrange where where we need to set actors. So yep. Yep. as long as you're open and transparent with them, I think that they're happy to have people when they can. You just have to, you know, be honest and responsible and professional about it. Absolutely. And that's not just for the haunt world too. That's just an everyday life, but I digress. <laughs> I've, I've hogged the mic enough, Jeff. Now it's your turn to ask some questions. You always hog the mic. Leave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, I always have my go-to question. I always say that right before I ask my go-to question. Um, <laughs> What's a go-to question? <laughs> it's my turn to say I hate you. <laughs> so, anyway, before I was rudely interrupted. Um, so, what is my question now? Damn you. <laughs> okay, so... Um, I always ask, you know, what, what could, what advice could you give somebody new that's coming into a haunt? Um, whether it be from a what to expect type advice or, you know, just something you could give them to calm them down from being, you know, afraid of jumping in and trying something new, that kind of thing. So I have two answers and one, I don't think will help with that last one that you mentioned, but, uh, one just do it. Just try it out. Give it your all. Give it your energy and just have fun. Because you really can't mess up too bad at the haunted house if you're bringing high energy. Um, and it's just fun. Like we said earlier, it's such a safe place to experiment with different character building and different lines and creative ways to get a scare. You know, as long as you aren't saying things that are, you know, inappropriate or deeply offensive, Yeah, you have a lot of freedom to play and say crazy things and you know, nothing's too off the wall when your character is, you know, a monster. So, um, you know, just have fun with it. But my advice number two would be you do have to have pretty thick skin and you can't take anything personally. And uh, unfortunately, like a certain amount of harassment is kind of just part of the job. Mm -hmm. And I wish it weren't, but, you know, we get a lot of guests who think it makes them look tough to be mean to the actors yeah. or unfortunately to hit on the actors. So especially any female or female presenting people out there, 
you definitely have to be prepared to deal with that kind of thing. Um, but just know that the haunt has your back. Yep. And if you're ever in a situation where you are deeply uncomfortable or a guest is being inappropriate or making you unsafe, you have every right to bolt out of your scene, go find your lead, go find a security and tell them what happened and they will handle it. I've seen Absolutely. it happen. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. It's happened to me. Uh, this is not such a fun story, but I think it's an important one. My first year at uh, nightmare, I was groped in the house by a guest and um, you know, I shoved him off, ran to my lead, told him what happened within five minutes. They had him in handcuffs in the back of a cop car and they had all the surveillance footage pulled up and they were asking if I wanted to press charges and just the efficiency that they worked with really made me feel so safe. And Absolutely. even though, you know, that thing that happened was unsafe or, you know, uncomfortable and it wasn't from a malicious place, you know, this kid was drunk. He thought it was a funny thing to do, but the point being sometimes things like that can happen. Sometimes yeah. guests are unruly. Sometimes they do mistreat the actors, unfortunately. And you just have to be ready to get out of that situation and get the help you need. Yep. And there will be the help and the support that you need. 100%. There. Yeah, you're right. And and even as a male actor, I've actually had that happen to me before, um, which is which is strange to think about. But it was like a, I'd say, mid-60-year-old woman had been at the bar a little bit too much that night. And uh, she came up and just, you know, decided to grab a little bit of something, something, you know. And here I am yeah, thinking. I've heard a lot of those stories for sure. <laughs> I had, oddly enough for me, it was a bunch of like teenage boys, like you said, trying to show off and, you know, make themselves look cool in front of their friends. And, you know, I'm out there with the, uh, the dangly squid mask and everybody's trying to grab that or thinking they can just walk up and touch it. Like, no, we don't touch you. You don't touch us. That's the understanding when you buy those tickets. Like, no. And if, you know, people have seen that happen. And again, security's right there. They know what to do. They know how to de-escalate the situation if it has to get to that point. But again, they've got your back. So, and again, fair warning Absolutely. too. If you go to a haunted attraction that is not a that is a no-touch attraction, please be respectful to the actors. That's not asking too much. We're here to entertain even, you. Even if it is a full contact, be respectful. Yeah. At the end, yeah. Like at yeah. the end of the day, we're we're still actors. We're still people under the makeup, under the masks. Absolutely. Yeah. Kind. Yeah. yeah, like you said, even if it is a full contact, that's full contact from the actor to you, not you to the actor. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, very And, and very also, true. I just need to say, um, the guests out there, and it tends to be men, but you know, the guests out there that hit on the actors or try to touch the actors because you think it makes you look tough, it makes you look less scared, it doesn't. It really doesn't. It puts a like, target on just, your back. Yeah, it, and it just, you know, it just makes you look silly. It just makes it obvious that you're scared. It makes you it makes you look emasculated. Yes. And I know that's the opposite of the thing you're going for. So just don't do it. Just let yourself have fun. Buy into the fear. Let yourself scream. Let yourself be afraid. It's okay. That is so much cooler than the guys who try to be like, I'm not afraid. Because you are, and we know. <laughs> it, it's it's literally just like wrestling. Pay for the ticket, enjoy the show, suspend your disbelief while you're there and just have fun. Simple as that. Exactly. Simple. You're paying a lot of money 
for a scare. Let yourself yeah. experience it. I mean, are you just going to pay the money for six or seven attractions in one place and just have that, I don't want to say asshole attitude, but just have that D-bag attitude the entire time? Like, if that's the case, then what did you what did you come for? Yeah. You know, like, exactly. we're here to entertain you. We're here to entertain and have fun ourselves. You know, like, that's that's the whole point of this. We want to give you something that you're going to remember, and we want to make you come back again multiple times throughout the season and next season. So, yep, yep. But man, before Absolutely. we uh, before we go off on this tirade and dig a hole that we won't be able to pull ourselves out of, because I mean, we could just keep going down that rabbit hole forever. Um, <laughs> we're gonna let things get a little spooky here, and I don't know, but when we turn the reins over to AC here for a little bit. She may get another badge of honor because we don't know what she's going to ask us. We don't know how scary it's going to be. She may make one of us pee, poop, or vomit just with the questions she throws our way. But we're willing to take that chance because we're that dedicated to our view our listening audience. I almost said viewing audience because I'm scared. Leave me alone. I am frightened right now. But anyway, AC, the ball is in your court. We are at your mercy. Please don't be too spooky with us. Oh gosh, no, I'm not gonna be that too spooky. Um, <laughs> I guess my question to you guys is, what is one of your favorite memories? Not necessarily best scare, but one of your favorite memories at the haunted house? As a guest or as a worker, either either one. That answered my first question. You wanna go first? No, okay. I'll always go first. <laughs> I think for me, and it's, uh, my, I'm just gonna go ahead and preface it. My wife hates chainsaws. This was actually back at uh, at Nashville Nightmare back in, man, I want to say it was 2014 or 2015. It was right after we got married, long before I was ever you know, a scare actor. And I think it was maybe two separate attractions on the property. It was one at the bottom, one at the top. And at the end of the main one at the bottom, there's always the guy with the chainsaw. You know it's coming. You know it's there. My wife hates chainsaws. And... She thought that when we got to the end there, I think there may have been a Michael Myers or something where, like, the last bit was a prison scene, and he was just roaming the halls. You had to get by him. Then there's the door, and somewhere in there is the guy with the chainsaw hiding to scare you. Well, I think she was under the impression that he was gone or he was too busy chasing this other group in front of us, so she thinks we're going to make it out the door. Well... What happens is we come right up to the door. She's got one toe out the out the door frame. Here it comes. There she goes. My wife is gone. I don't know where she went. I'm having to wander the parking lot through all these random strangers with uh with my in-law saying, "Have you seen my wife? Have you seen my wife? She's over by the bathrooms because this guy with the chainsaw just got three revs and then she's gone." That's that's my memory. <laughs> That's that's a good one. Um, <laughs> Great! Now you're gonna show up to my house with a chainsaw. <laughs> no, I, uh, no, she's she's got a gun. So no, no. <laughs> um, so my favorite memory, I guess, as far as haunting goes altogether, would probably be this year. Um, my wife got to come out and help out some this year. Um, she helped out with event staff and whatnot. And then um, to top it all off, then my children, my oldest two, got to come out for um, for our Christmas event this year. Um, they worked event staff for the first night, absolutely loved it. And then my daughter um, attempted to go in the house and work on the second night, 
Um, didn't end very well. We won't go into detail on that one. But <laughs> she'll kill me if I do that live on, on you know, the interwebs. <laughs> um, but it didn't turn out very well. She stayed with me in my, in my uh, little acting booth inside the house. So she got to see dad acting in his element, you know, and that just, that kind of was a proud dad moment for me to know that, you know, my 15 year old daughter got to see me that in, in that element that I have been in. And she's always wondered why I do what I do. Well, she got to see it and laugh about it. And then she ended up playing around and somewhat scaring people inside while I was out there scaring it. It was, it was really cool. So that was, that was my, my uh, favorite, favorite, memory from any of my haunt career over the past 16 years honestly was this past year i like it that's awesome uh another one yeah you got you got about three more to ask uh oh gosh (laughs) what is something that you've seen either at another haunted attraction or in a movie or whatever that has really stuck with you either that has inspired one of your own characters or just that lives in your brain as something very creepy you can't forget. I've got this. I've got this one. Okay. Um, so in 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 the last three haunts that I've two haunts that I've worked at, we have had this prop that we have in the haunt now that officially has been removed, thank God. Um, I seen it in one of the back hallways at our last event. I was so happy and excited I took a picture of it and said they finally took it out. Um, but it's it's known as the chair screamer. It was in cursed. Um, that, 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 uh, prop has always freaked me out. I know. Her, I, do, yeah, she's I, scary. Do not, I do not know why, because I'm not very <laughs> jumpy. I'm not very afraid of props. It's more of the people that get me, but that one prop absolutely freaks me out more than anything. And that, that's the one that I'm think thank God's gone. Now, now my luck, um, you know, our, our GM's probably going to hear this and be like, I'm going to put this in his room this year. Yes. <laughs> yes. I've worked with her in a few scenes, and yeah, oh, she's scary. Nice. <laughs> she's loud. Oh yeah, uh, I've I've actually seen the um, that prop break the anchors that hold her down to the floor. Oh, somebody gosh. somebody put too much air pressure to it, and it lunged forward so hard that it ripped the anchors out of the concrete. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Air pressure. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Well then. The funny part about it was um once once the anchors came out, the the forward weight of her coming forward flipped her on her face and she was sitting there bouncing up and down. <laughs> she was having a temper tantrum, Jeff. Leave her alone. <laughs> Looked like you in the ring. <laughs> How many times am I gonna have to show you the door? <laughs> it's right there. You know what to do. Uh I guess for me, this one, uh if anybody remembers what Opryland theme park is. This is going to date me and age me. Uh, I was probably about five or six at the time. And, uh, oh, it looks like my cat. We had a run in here. Um, oh, yeah, this is Hades. Yeah, well, mine acts like Hades. so. <laughs> but, yeah, it looks exactly like her. But um, this is back when they would do, like, everything around Halloween. They would have all the, like, they would go all in on having, you know, the characters throughout the park. They even had a little haunted section. And I just remember this woman she would sit on the roof of a cabin like that you could see on the roller coasters and everything too. And she would have this sharp knife and she would just rock and rock and like shake it at people and yell at them. And it scared the ever loving hell out of five-year-old me. Like just Nope. Nightmares, whatever. Not, not happening. 
But that that that's the one for me. And then I, I still have pictures. I look at my grandmother's photo album of that now, and I'm like, how did that scare me? <laughs> like, that looks like the lady on the street corner at Dickerson Road now. Begging for change. <laughs> like, how is that scary? Except she doesn't have a knife and she has all her teeth. But... Anyway, that I digress. That makes it more scary. Real life things can be more scary sometimes. I mean, well, what's next? She's going to ask, you want some meatloaf? <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Oh, next question. Question. Um, what is either your favorite scene or favorite character that you've seen at our haunted house? Hmm. Or you can say favorite haunt overall, since we do have several houses on our scare grounds. That one stumped us both. Good job. Well, I'm fighting the urge to be egotistical. I don't, I don't know if I have the answer, to be honest with you. I'm fighting the urge to be egotistical and say me in whatever character <laughs> I was. Captain Danglebeard does not count. Leave. Um, <laughs> That's the fourth You time. know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and just cheap plug because he's my friend but it was so fun to watch him actually you know like come into his own and develop characters throughout the season just as we got further into the season seeing I know him as Jermaine he was on the show as Seven seeing him develop all these big characters and you know like just having fun out there like some of the ones he did like the rhinoceros or uh, when he got a clown mask on like just seeing him out there having fun that made it fun for me to watch. And then like just seeing how deeply invested he got into it. It was real contagious and it was fun because like he would start trying to do tag team scares with me down at the bottom or he would stand like a statue over by the hay bales if he wasn't trying to jump up and get stuck on them. And, you know, just seeing him have fun and seeing the people's reactions to him like that was what made it fun for me. So I, I hate to give him credit, but seven, you can pay me later for your for your cheap plug there. <laughs> uh, yeah i remember when he was walking around twirling his hair you know yes that's it <laughs> yeah um for me i guess and and you know future guest of the show here we go again um i think my favorite character would have to be ott because it's right. like he's just himself like he just he, oh he yes. just gets to be himself that's i mean He's, he's at the front of the haunt. You know, he gets to interact with everybody first for the most part, most of the time. He's always the first guy. But it's a large group of people, and he's just, like he always says, herding cats. Yep. I mean, we've all heard that a thousand times. It's like herding cats. But he just gets to be up there and kind of be rude, but not rude. Um, he gets to use his dry sense of humor without his dry sense of humor. I mean, he doesn't have a dry sense of humor at all. Of course not. But, but you know, it's just the fact that he gets to be himself and he's not worried about what other people think. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just odd, you know? And I, I got to give him props for a second, too. Like, I know, again, future guest of the show, take a shot, whatever. Um, shot rhymes with odd. But I had to fill in for him one night uh, when he was out this season, and it was a Saturday, and I was the one, you know, up working the parking lot, working the ticket booth and everything. How that guy does it and makes it look so easy is a mystery. Like, that is just magical because that was an exhausting, exhausting (laughs) 
eight or ten hours of my life because, like, I'm telling you, if you know how our structure is set up, those lines went all the way back into the shopping center of, you know, like the surrounding area. And it's literally herding cats because you got people driving through. You got people walking through. They're like, well, we got these tickets for 830. Well, it's 915. Where were you 45 minutes ago? Go to this line. You know, like all that stuff. And he makes it look so easy. Yeah, he does. Oh, but but then again, you didn't have the megaphone. No, they wouldn't give me one. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I was yelling and uh, uh, anyway, behind a menagerie of danglies on my face. But anyway, there's your million dollar word for the day. All right, last question. <laughs> um, how do y'all recover from what we term the haunt hangover? What do you do the next day or next weekend whenever you have the next day off to heal? It takes me a month. <laughs> you guys recover <laughs> what's that like well and and you know kind of for me and you both um we went straight out of haunt season um straight to preparing for tales from the haunt yeah so it's like we didn't stop um we just went into a different aspect of haunting um talking about it more than actually doing it and then you know we picked up a lot of different thing new things with the cheap plug as you would say i know you hear me um and both of them have grown tremendously to the point that we wasn't expecting it to grow this much nope and we've not stopped like it's just every single day we're doing something wait we have an option to stop no (laughs) oh (laughs) i need sleep i literally see this guy like five days a week yeah (laughs) and every day it looks like emily gave me blackout makeup but anyway, I digress. No, it's, <laughs> I try to sleep, but of course, you know, acting comes in, kids, family, all that stuff that you got to do as a dad and a husband. Um, you know, it's just, you try and recharge your batteries how you can, but I don't really know how to recharge my batteries fully <laughs> just yet. I plug it in for about five minutes and hope for the best. At our age, I don't think they ever recharge fully again. (laughs) What's that like? Oh, my God. If we could figure out how to do that, man, we'd be millionaires. Man. Well, man, these were some fun, fun questions. Um, Jeff, is there anything else that you want to cover before we wrap it up here tonight? Um, No, not really. I mean, not really cover. I just want to say, AC, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, Thank y'all so much. This has been one that we've really been looking forward to. We look forward to all uh, of them. But, of you know, course. You know, it's it's um, to have you on um, the I Know You Hear Me podcast and then have you on this one. We don't get that a lot. Um, we have had few that, you know, have, have transposed over, but... Thank you again. You were the first. You were the first, Absolutely. though. Oh, yay. Very yep. cool. We're not, giving, we're not giving seven credit on that one. You open the door for it. Yuck, yuck will follow in your footsteps. Then somehow... Seven will Sasquatch his way in, but you were the trendsetter. You were the door breaker. <laughs> you started it. Awesome. But seriously, Love thank it. you. Honor. Thank you for being, again, so generous to come on here with your time. I'm sorry we didn't get to interview Hades. He's given us the death eye there like we didn't ask him any questions. But For those listening, Hades is my kitten. He's a sweet boy. He's yep. just kind of a troublemaker. He's got a, he's got a nice stink eye though. So, I mean, he he's glaring at us through the screen here, but no, seriously, not only thank you AC for taking the time to come on here and tell your story, but thank you everybody that continues to listen, that continues to send us messages on social media. And you know, like 
I know that everybody gets eager with the anticipation in between, you know, because it's a two weeks between each drop, but we're doing the best we can with the schedules that we have available, and we want to make sure that we don't miss an episode for you guys, but we're going to keep giving you quality content, and we just want you to know that your support and your interest means the world to us, and little spoiler alert here, we have Tales from the Haunt shirts and merchandise that will be in preparation here soon. Um, if we are going to be at a live event, whether it's a wrestling show or anything like that, and you would like to purchase one, we will have those available. We can also direct ship to you as well, and as they become available, we will have that information in the show notes. So keep an eye out, because it's not only Tales from the Haunt merch, it's Flynn merch, it's I Know You Hear Me merch. We're trying to literally make this an enterprise here, and any little bit of support you guys can show helps. So not only looking at that, Follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Don't do TikTok because I don't know how TikTok works and I'm old. Um, we are on all podcasting platforms, so go find us on your preferred platform there. Leave a five-star and a written review. Tell us what you like. Get the word out and share it with your friends and just keep listening. And if you haven't yet, subscribe. And if you haven't done that and you won't do that, I'm going to send Jeff to come find you. He's going to convince you that dogs don't lay eggs, and that's a damn lie. But he's going to make you subscribe, and then he's going to make you go back in the archives and listen to all of our previous episodes. That's what happens. So go do it, otherwise Jeff is going to find you. You act like I'm scary. I don't know, you might be. Don't tell them that. <laughs> but uh, So everybody, well, before... Uh, go ahead. I was just, while we're uh, shamelessly plugging, yes. all, of my, all of my social medias are under Nerdy Princess Blog. So if you want to see some pictures of my previous haunt characters, and I do TikTok... I do have some haunt stuff on there, mermaid stuff, and a lot of Taylor Swift content. So if you're interested, check me out at nerdyprincessblog.com and on all social media platforms. And those, those will be linked in the show notes as well. And I do recommend it. And you can see what she looks like when she's wearing fake human legs. So there's that. There's that little <laughs> teaser right there for you, too. Yeah, I follow her on TikTok. She, um, she definitely has a lot of Taylor Swift. Swift. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big Swift. <gasps> How dare. Oh, wait. I just said the dreaded words you can't say in a haunt. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I'll say the next ones. Get out. Oh, <laughs> I've said that about six times now. That's my fault. So I do want to say this, guys, um, to all of our listeners out there. Thank you greatly from me, just Jeff. Um, Who? Just Jeff. Me, you know. <laughs> so um, I do have some awesome awesome news coming up um not going to name drop anything but we do have some amazing guests coming up in the future um so be on the lookout for that because we have booked some pretty big names in the haunt industry um that are coming down the pipeline here shortly absolutely and that got hades attention too i saw those eyes get big <laughs> <laughs> but no seriously guys before we ramble on with all these horrible dad jokes and everything else in between for the rest of the night we do want to thank you all for continuing to support. We want to thank AC again for coming on and being so generous with her time and Hades for letting his mom come on here and, you know, yuck it up with us a little bit. And Jeff, is there anything you would like to leave our audience with before we uh, part for another two weeks? Um, no, I'm out of breath tonight. You may be winded, but is there something that these people need to do in the meantime? Uh, I guess they should just stay spooky. And I know you hear me.
Oh, we do thank you for listening this week, and we hope you'll tune in next time for another spooktacular episode. <laughs> Tales from the Haunt has been a Flynn Hendricks production. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>